This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast. Sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, episode 20. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I'm here along with Nick Philpott and last-minute standing Patrick O'Connor to build you up to the biggest game of the season so far, the visit to Sunderland to Sellers Park. We'll also be joined once again by Walshy from the Roka Report to get the lowdown on Sunderland. And we'll end the pod by remembering a few famous classic Crystal Palace six-pointers. Before all of that, remember to head over to hrlradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Right, yes, so tonight with me I've got two people whose combined age probably outnumbers the amount of points Palace have got since we returned to the Premier League. Is that, is that about right? <laughs> Patrick, just ignore him. Patrick, don't I, I, don't raise to the bite. Don't rise to the bait. <laughs> next, next question. Yeah, move on. So, sort of like transfer deadline day, Patrick, you've swooped in to the to save us with a last minute replacement because Lucy Lucy White has apparently eaten a dodgy sandwich at lunch. So, thank you for joining us at late notice. Anytime. Get well soon, Lucy. Get well soon, Lucy. We'll all wear t-shirts to the next game, a bit like Man City did with Gundogan when he got injured. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and what what have you been doing on your travels since? Well, because you didn't travel to Bournemouth last night, you plastic. So what 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 have you been up to, Nick? I'm I'm working hard. I've been taking a new job role, fairly new job role. Uh, quite exciting time for me in the old professional world. And before you said yes, the professional world of rubber. Um, <laughs> it it seems, things are going really well for me on a professional level. And. Uh, can you, I'm going to tell you something I have done today. I've had my company car serviced, okay? And I've got, I'll tell you this, boys, because you're going to giggle, okay? My company car is blue, okay? I put it in for a service today on the instructions of the boss, okay, who's a massive Palace fan, okay? And I've had to have one of my um, wing mirror covers changed, <laughs> changed to red. So I've got one red one and one blue one. <laughs> Well, if you would if you would have just made them both red, it would have looked like this season's kit. Well, it would have. Yeah, you're right. But how sad is that? How sad is that? Yeah. But I really have done it. Well, no, it's always nice to have a Palace boss because they understand things. I suppose. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. So um, get well soon, obviously... Mark. By the way, get well soon, mate. Uh-huh. Oh, so Lucy and Mark, we're going to need many T-shirts going Indeed. on. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, I had an interesting thing this week where. Um, a girl came into my office at work um, and said, "Are you are you Terence Ford?" I was like, um, "Yes." She was like, um, "This is going to be a bit weird, but um, my boyfriend listens to your podcast." <laughs> and, oh, nice. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, so she was just saying that you know she wanted to come and say hi and like mention it and stuff. So um, I believe his name was George. So hello, George and Alex, if you're listening. Um, 
Although I wouldn't recommend George sending your girlfriend to guys. It's never a good idea. No, <laughs> not, <laughs> no. Not, the, not the wisest thing, no. <laughs> but no, um, so no, that was a nice little um, surprise at work. So that was great. Um, and obviously you were on last night on the transfer deadline day show, Nick. Um, and we all touched on Bournemouth. All very, very happy with that win. Well, you say that I was on last night. I'm full time on this radio station at the moment. I did Sunday <laughs> night. I did last night. I did tonight. I'm doing Sunday night. I'm full that's time. We, this is what we pay you the big bucks for. That's what you pay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I've got to tell you, you, the last night show was very ad hoc. It was one of those off the cuff things. It was mm. completely unplanned. We certainly wasn't planning a two 0 victory, were we? Uh, and no. all those and all those late signings. So it was a bit mad. It was a bit skewy but I think it was really I've listened to it back today and it was quite entertaining having Gel Gel Holyoke back on the show was fantastic because he is just full of gems and I love the bloke well I, I particularly enjoyed um, you all talking about us playing 3-5-2 when we played nothing of the sort would you agree Patrick? Yeah I listened in and I couldn't figure out <laughs> what they were talking about but you're fine being honest with you the, um, the, the formation was very fluid I mean and I like mm. that about one thing I've noticed, but it, it, I mean, it very much changed with um, with Wilf all over the place and McCarthy and punches McCarthy, yeah. back and forth. So, and then I think we played more five in the back than three. But again, two nil, yeah. well, I'll take it. I don't care what we did. Yeah, I, I sort of think it was like it started when it was nil nil. We sort of started as a three four three, with sort of McCarthy taking up a left wing position with Wilf on the right. Then um, when right. we took the lead, it certainly sort of changed to a five-four-one. <laughs> we got <laughs> oh, very, very deep, and sort of turned into a five-two-two-one when we were on the ball, <laughs> where sort of like <laughs> McCarthy and Wilf got a bit more forward, tried to get as close to Ben Tucker as possible. Anvo, yeah, it was... Anvo said, didn't he? He said at one point he looks he looks on the TV. We had like nine <laughs> players in the line, look, right, yeah. <laughs> not camping out on our 18-yard line. But no, it was like Patrick hit the nail on the head there. It was very fluid and that was nice to see. And it, it meant that Bournemouth struggled to pick people up at points as well. Exactly. So um, it definitely key, bodes yeah. well going forward, I think. Um, Terence, can I ask you, you, I mean, as you were there, so you're our eyes on the night. My son was there as well. And he said to me, no, no, he's more like five across the back. What was the atmosphere like with the Palace fans last night? It must have been fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. It, was, it definitely got a little bit nervy. Um, it was... It was funny watching the match of the day highlights back. They missed they missed out a fair chunk of nervy moments. It was also they missed out a brilliant bit where Zaha. I'm assuming you guys watched on the stream, but Zaha beat several Bournemouth players and then uh, released Van Arnholt in the penalty area on the left hand side and Van Arnholt like hit the corner closer flag. to the corner flag. <laughs> <laughs> when he literally had all the time in the world to let it come across onto his left foot and shoot with his stronger foot or, you know, just take a touch into the penalty area and square it back across to either Benteke or Wilf. But um, the atmosphere of the game was excellent. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was especially towards the end. Um, when when um, <laughs> when Benteke scored, it was scenes, as everyone says these days, you know, people piling onto the pitch and Benteke jumping in the crowd and getting a yellow card for it. And it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a great night. It was a great night, especially with... Um, the Benteke goal, one of those ones, as soon as the ball left Townsend's foot, you knew he couldn't miss. So the celebration had already started before the ball actually hit the back of the net. So it was kind of a double celebration <laughs> because you, you had the initial one, like that's definitely a goal, yeah. almost fully celebrated. And then it actually hit the back of the net. So Fantastic. yeah, it was, a, it, it was, it was a good night. Um, as you weren't on there last night, Ter- um, Patrick, tell me about what your thoughts were on the uh, signings, Luca and, and all the other guys. What did you think? I've had a chance now to take a look at um, the uh, eagles.cpfc.uk website. I've watched their, their, their training match with uh, Sacco or Sarko and Luca, and I love the way Luca plays. He's right in front of the back four, exactly what we need. He screens the back four perfectly. So if we go to a 4-4-2, four, four, he can be a perfect player, and he looks like he can pick out a pass. And, and Sarko I've known for a long time. He's a great player. He's, he's a beast. That's why his nickname is a beast. He's a very yeah. tough tackling centre-half, and... He's left-footed, and it gives so much more balance to our side. We're having a two-foot player in Luca and a left-foot player in, in Sarko and Van Aal and now Schlupp. I mean, it's going to be... It's a, it was it was season-changing yesterday, that, that, that window. It really gave us the players we needed to um to kind of push on, and that win yesterday added to it. And like I told you guys on Sunday, I'm looking for something to hold on to, and yesterday was the day. You know, you the win and, and the signings, it really gives you something to kind of to hope and grab onto. It, it was perfect. It was really... I thought it was a really great day for Palace getting those signings in. Uh, transfer deadline days, or... So... Saw so Glenn Murray permanently join 
that lot down south. Um, Nick, what's is that the final now in the coffin for you with Murray or absolutely? You're gonna not. Re- I would no? shoot every no, 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 no. That guy was a fantastic, loyal servant to Palace, and he, oh, okay, I, all right, he's down there with that lot. I don't. You know, he's going to get promoted with them. Okay, it's his last season. It's his last last paycheck. Okay, I wish him all the luck in the world. Just not with that lot, but as a on a personal level for what he did for Palace. Good luck to you, mate, and I hope everything's successful for you. You share that, Patrick? Um, I'm not really that bothered either, honestly. I mean, I prefer it not be at Brighton, but I thought he was actually there on a permanent already. I thought Palmer sold no. him to him. So um, when I heard about yesterday, I wasn't really that bothered. Um, they, they, they're definitely coming up. They've got the players. They've got the uh, you know they've got the momentum. They're coming up. So hopefully we'll be there to meet them, and that'll be great next year. So but I'm not bothered with, with that. Let him, you know, good luck to him, really. I don't know. Well, as soon as I saw him announce that, I I unfollowed on Twitter. I was like, I can't look at it anymore. I just I can't look at him talking about Brighton anymore. Yeah. You know, when he was injured, when he was at Bournemouth, and he'd always say like great result for Palace and stuff like that. He can't do that shit anymore. So why 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 am I going to have him on there talking about how great Brighton are doing? I'm I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> any anyone else sort of wish him all luck in the world, just like I did when he went to Bournemouth, but. It's going to take me a couple of years to recover before I can remember the good times of Gleb Murray, I think. <laughs> I feel, feel like he's knifed me in the back a little bit. <laughs> so do you, do you feel, honestly feel that way about other players that left, like Balassi and that sort of thing? No, not so much because it's not going to a rival, is it? Um, Balassi, if we would have been stupid to reject the money that they were offering for us. And, you know, I loved going to watch Balassi because I loved it when every sixth or seventh game he'll do something incredible and or have an amazing game and it was great to watch you know and it's sad to see that go but you know I don't have I don't feel any way about Everton so good luck to you and we got an awful lot of money for him and mm. you know the back end of his Palace career there was a lot of niggly injuries creeping in and you never know if um, we might have just sold him at the perfect time but um, obviously only time will tell with that which which is obviously very sad for him because he's going to be out for a long time but um yeah, so no, not with not with anyone it leaves. It just depends it depends where they go and the fact that Glenn Murray's gonna fire Brighton into the Premier League for the first time in their history is just I find a bit horrible. <laughs> right, let's move on to the the business, what we're here for. Sun let's talk some Sunderland. Um Nick, what do you reckon? Is this a must not lose or a must win? Um, I don't think it's either. Uh Hambo was talking about he wanted to a win from yesterday's game or this weekend's game. Well, we've already got that one win. Um, if we came away with there with a point, I would be slightly disappointed because I actually think, I think they've gone. I think they've, I really do honestly believe Sunderland are, I was just looking at their squad. They, they, they've got some decent players, but they haven't got any good players apart from Defoe. Uh, I honestly feel, feel I will feel really disappointed if we don't come away with there on th- with three points. For if nothing else, for the momentum thing, we've now got ourselves in a position where we can build a little bit of momentum into Sunderland, into Stoke, into Borough, uh, and this th- those next three games are defining. And we've made a cracking start with last night's result. Well, for me, I think it's. Uh, more if you're going to have to pick one of the two you want to win, it's against Sunderland because they're more the relegation rival. What do, what do you think, Patrick? Must win. Yeah, I'm thinking that too, Terence. Only from the standpoint of you know we've we've got a big win yesterday, we've got our signings in, we're still bottom three, they are a rival, and we've we've been really poor at home. So I think it's a must win. I mean, obviously we get a point, I'll take it, but I think at this point in the season now, especially with our home form, this is the kind of team we've got to beat them. And again, it, it, like you just said, it's a six pointer, as they say, which I hate that saying, but I mean I think it's a big game. I think definitely, I think it's a definite must win for us. Yeah, if you look at it, looking at the table, if we beat Sunderland on the weekend, we move on to 22 points and that'll be six points ahead of them and Hull exactly. are likely to lose as well and it would be six points ahead of them. So that's, that's a long way back for them, especially, um, I mean, we're going to talk to our Sunderland fan a bit later on and it'll be interesting to hear what he says about how he feels their transfer window gone has gone and what their prospects are now as a result because I, I agree with you. I think that squad looks very, very weak and um, they could they could be struggling. Um, Hull's uh, an in, in, uh, interesting one. I don't know, their manager's been proven to be really successful in the past and every job he's done before so it'll be interesting to see how they do under him but 
it looks like a tough ask already, especially considering Swansea are starting to pick up results. But I definitely think I, I see it as a must win. Uh, we definitely cannot lose it, but I really do think we need to right. win it, especially when you start, you know, we need as many points on the board by the end of March as possible. Because when you start looking at the back end of our fixtures, obviously... They're very troublesome. <laughs> if you say. if you look at the if you look at the two potential lineups, Terence, which I did earlier on, and uh, look at our starting, our likely, I know it's very difficult with our starting yeah. eleven because we don't know where we're going to go with it. But if you look at our potential starting eleven and then line it up, they have got some good players in Darren Gibson, Yanazai, um, Rodwell, and Chibi and Anchibi or whatever his name is. Uh, and uh, he's, he's out. He's out for a long time, and each of now he's injured and, again. And Defoe, they've got some good players, but man for man, line them up alongside us. We should be. It should be a walk in the park. We should need to be down that part of the division, should we? Yeah, but we could have said that so many times this season. If you stick our starting yeah. eleven up against any starting eleven in this yeah. division outside of the top six, it stacks up. Never um, out. Yeah. It's, it's not quite worked out. Now, do you think? Um, did you notice in the Bournemouth game, Patrick? Do you think it was? Allardyce was finally getting rid of what Padre had left behind and starting to stamp his own authority on it? It's a little early for me to say that. I think the formation shows that's possible and adding someone like Vet Adderhall who knows him from Sunderland. Mm. Um, what I liked, what I really liked was that when we were up 1-0 and I'm thinking back my head they're going to they're gonna score, they're going to score and then that, that shot from um, Wilshere hits the post and almost hits the in the back of his head and goes in. <laughs> but for somehow, you know, we, we held them off and we got that second goal. Right there, I said to myself, you know, I'm not even kidding. Any any You could pick any previous pod you uh, match, we, we don't win that main. We don't win that game. Mm. Either we, you know, we, we lose 2-1 or we, we draw 1-1. So the fact that we he, he dug it out, we got that win, shows me that we're there. But it's, like, it's one match. I'm not ready to, to turn the corner, but I like, like I was saying when you were off there for a minute, I like the fact we've got some new players in. And we've got a very big away win. And I think it's, it's, it's something to hold on to now. So let's just push on. Right. So let's sort of go through those new players. Uh, we'll start with um, Sacco. Do you, do you think he goes straight in, Nick? Or do you keep no. that settle back three together for now? I think he'll leave the back threes alone. But I think obviously he will go. He will slot straight in now. I think there's likely to be a fitness issue with him to start with because he hasn't kicked a ball in anger. He's been playing with the reserves all season, hasn't he? So I'd be surprised if he puts him straight back in. Uh, straight back into the squad, um, but he will. Uh, while you're off air, uh, Patrick and I were talking about it. He will be a beast, that bloke. I tell you what, he will. He will be that leader that we haven't got at the back. Yeah, he's a very spirited character, and um, I've always been impressed with him when I've seen him played. Like any Liverpool defender, he does look like he has a rick in him. But um, yeah, exactly. But you know, at the, at the same time, he's you know he's played football at pretty much the highest level. He's a French international, and that's saying something, you know. And it's gonna, there already seems to be a bit of camaraderie between him and some of the players as well. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a strong, a strong move for us, and it'll be interesting to see if he does well and if we're able to nail him down in the summer on the back of that. But um, obviously, only time will tell with that one. Um, we're gonna kick. We'll just call him Luca. I still haven't worked out yeah. to say it yet. I'm none the wiser, despite hearing him say it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So, <clears throat> do you do you put him into the side and straight in and sit him in front of that defence? Like, I'm thinking. I'm more thinking maybe against Sunderland it might not be necessary, and you'd stick him in. You know, get, get, give him time to bed in and put him in in the bigger games, like well, against uh, the perceived bigger games against the bigger teams. Who's that? So. Oh, Patrick. Oh, um, I was I was telling um, Nick just now. I watched a little bit of the um, Eagles.cpfc.uk. He had a training match today with um, a few of the players that didn't play yesterday or played a little bit yesterday. I tell you, Townsend playing, and I watched him play. And obviously, they, they highlight certain things, but he's sat in front of the back four the entire. You know what they showed the eight minutes of highlights, and he's knocking the ball around really nicely, Terence. Long balls, short balls. Mm. You now, really, I like where he played and. I think that depending on how we play the formation we play, he's definitely going to be the player that will sit in front of our back four the way Jen uh, did. He's a, he's a much better passer, you can kind of tell. He's two foot bit and he can get forward a little bit. So things depend on how we play. I don't think he'll start now because I think you just, you're right. Sunderland not, not the kind of team you're going to need to have a guy sit in front of back four. But I think players like Kabai, Punchin, most likely are going to have a, an issue with a, you know starting because I think he'll take one of their places. I'm not sure which one yet because it will depend on the formation. If it's a 4-4-2... Perhaps he plays, but like I said, it really depends on you know uh, what formation we're going to play. So um, I've got an opinion yeah. on that. I actually think you've got to go on. 
I think it's going to be Ledley. He's going to, I think he will come in, and I think it's going to be Ledley he replaces. And he's the and Patrick's right what you just said about the uh, the decent range of passing. I can see one of the goals on the Saturday being Luca through ball for Remy to run onto, which is as opposed to a wing ball, one through the middle, a, a darting ball through the centre, Remy to run onto it and score his first goal at Celeste. How's he so going to pace in Ledley though when he doesn't even play? Uh, is he, who's, he, who's going to be coming for? Is he going to be? Well, Ledley did come on last night. Ledley did play he, last night. Yeah, so he could, so we'll come on late. I mean, like they did last night. I mean, sitting front of the back four. But okay, he, 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 he uh, might. That's possible. Uh, but like yeah, what you both keep saying here, though, sitting in front of a back four. So do you think that Luca opens up that possibility to not have to play three at the back because he's just going to sit in front of the back, a uh, back two centre backs, and be able to sort of mop up in the sense of almost making a third centre-back, which will enable us to continue to play the midfields that we want? Well, I think Terence says that it gives us great options. I think, mm. honestly, I think he bought Van Arnholt and Schlupp as a wing-back because they, they both play it very well. So you can tell right away you put those two in, one one match, one the other match, and they both showed they can both play it. You put Ward on the other side, which wasn't great, but yesterday he was, he was much improved. And you had Zaha kind of floating to the right side, so it worked that way. If you want to go to a, a straight-back four... Then you can. Then you've got the ability now to put Wilf Moore as a as a outside midfielder, and they may put Schlupp on the other side or Townsend. You've got that width again that we used to have, and we've got the two guys in the middle. Maybe Kabai in front of Luca, and you may put Remy, you know, behind Benteke. My point is, you've got options now we never had before. We were always stuck with that boring four four two. We thought about three five two, you know, a bunch of time, but we all knew we couldn't play. We didn't have the players to play. Now we have players to play both a four four two, a four two three one, a three five two, a five three two. I mean, the options are there, which a is nine great. zero one. A nine, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly nine zero one. I, I tell you what, will be interesting to, on Saturday is because um, Schluck could well be coming back now. If he's Schluck's right. ready to play and Van Arnholt's ready to play, does he drop Townsend? Well, I mean, if you look, if you base it on the last night's starting 11. So you've got Tompkins, Dan and Delaney as a back three. You've got Van Arnholt playing left wing back, Wald playing right wing back. I think we all agree that that's probably not going to change in this one. Um, so then you're looking at Kabai and Punchen was sitting in a midfield two. Um, MacArthur was playing wide left, Zaha wide right, and then Benteke at the top. So you're looking at Kabai, MacArthur, no, sorry, Kabai, Punchen, or... Um, yeah, MacArthur are going to be. Three. Yeah, right. you're going to bring Schlupp in for one of those three. And if you continue with that formation, it would be Schlupp would be replacing MacArthur. But then, do you want to lose MacArthur out of that team? So, do you take one of the ball players out in um, Punchin or uh, Kabaya? So, it's interesting, you know, which, which way you could do it. So, yeah. So, do you think do you put Schlupp straight back in, Nick? Uh, no, I don't because of his uh, because of his hamstring. But I'd rather that we left him out for another week. But I have got another note of caution about it. Anyway, I'm not Patrick. You mentioned a minute ago about the old four four two setup. Right. Uh, one one word of caution to you guys about uh, last year. What happened last year? Sunderland were gone. Sunderland were dead and buried, and they came to sell us and beat us one nil when we were fully expecting to beat them. So I wouldn't be adverse to playing a four four two on Saturday just to shore up against that. But they did come. So Sunderland came last season and played a three-five-two against us, and um, I think we discussed it a couple of weeks ago um, with the guy from the Veroca report when he was on, and we'll talk about it again um, when we get him online. And it, it was only that one time he come and played three-five-two against us, and we and Pardew was always struggling against a three-five-two. He's yeah. he's sort of four-five-one. You know, formation. However, he was setting it up: four, five, one, four, four, one, one, four, four, two, whatever you wanted to call it. It was, it was problematic. It always struggled against a three-five-two, yep. and I don't think that David Moyes is going to be coming down and having to do that. And that ta tactically, in these relegation battles against relegation rivals, I think um, Allardyce has proved in the past he has nous around these games and knows what to do so I'm comfortable with him in that sense that you know I, I feel like we'll be able to cope with Sunderland and I wouldn't say that we should be changing our formation to to worry about Sunderland because I just don't think they have enough tools to hurt us and to add one more thing Terence who was the manager last year for Sunderland mm, Sam Allardyce exactly and he, he, he'll know both teams very well so I'm pretty comfortable with him at least you know figuring out what they're going to do and what we want to do against them so so, so I, I mean I'm not close enough to the South uh, Sunderland mob what formation do they generally play now under uh, Moyes 
Um, well, let's four, let's four, save two, that. When Anichibe, oh sorry. When it yeah, when when Anichibe was playing, it was a four four right. two. But let's let, let's save that for our Sunderland fan because obviously he can give us a lot more in depth <laughs> knowledge sure. on that. Um, we'll t- we'll touch on the predictions from our um, listeners later, but touch of complacency. Uh, are we worried about this? I know this was a problem under Pardew, but Patrick, do you think it? could continue to be a problem under Allardyce that, you know, we've got this 2-0 win, this great 2-0 win against Bournemouth. And now that, you know, Sunderland should be a walk in the park. He's not that kind of manager. That was, I thought it was always Pardew's um, downfall. He was a little bit too complacent. Remember last year, um, Sunderland went on that run when they beat like Chelsea, May United, and it was like four or five really good teams at the end of the season. They don't do that. His team don't do that. I'm really hoping that um, this was like a kick in the head for a lot of our players and you see how happy Zaha was after the win and Benteke was during the win and I think the winning you know breeds confidence and, and spirit and I think that we want more of that one win doesn't do that so I think we're gonna we're gonna need to kick on for it to be anything that um complacency shouldn't sit in at all at all mm. well, I mean looking at Bournemouth as well only one win in seven uh, all of a sudden right. they've gone from having a decent looking defense to they've conceded just as many goals as we have so uh, it's a bit like I'm remembering the three 0 win over Southampton when you know Southampton <laughs> yeah. haven't won an away game uh, in the league and still haven't. Uh, is it a bit of a false dawn? And <laughs> you know, I think it's the perfect timing for a Sunderland fixture to you know say we should on paper we should be beating Sunderland and that two wins in a row all of a sudden will breed a bit of confidence. No, absolutely, but, um, I agree. I don't think it's going to be as easy as some of the predictions that are coming through are suggesting. I think it's going to be a tough afternoon as um, Spurs, you know, had a tough evening last night. Do you mind if I jump in? I mean, I think what you're finding, and we've all got our own views on the manager and everything else, Okay, we know that, but just looking at the Palace team, the one thing you find with Sam Allardyce is he's a realist. And he is a realist. There was euphoria. You could actually physically see it, even in the manager yesterday, after the first goal went in and the crowd and everything. It was a massive lift. But he would have gotten back to base today and said, right, OK, great win, lads. Well done. But you've just started. He will bring them back to earth. He will inflict a little bit of realism and say, we need to get this right again for the weekend. And I don't think he will let them have their head up in the clouds and uh, sit with last night's victory. I really don't. There's there's nothing real about a pint glass of wine. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll end that there. Uh, next up, we are going to be talking to our Sunderland fan, Walshy, from the Roker Report. Homesdale Radio, preview podcast, sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Hi, Walshy, Terence from Homesdale Radio. Hey, uh, hello again. Hello again. Um... We'll jump straight in. Um, how, how are you feeling about the transfer window? Not very good. I mean, we've probably bought every player that's ever played for Everton now. So we've probably run out of <laughs> options. <laughs> didn't get didn't get the striker we needed. Um, we only seem to have one in mind. And mm. since he didn't play for Everton, we didn't get him. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> now... Um, Apparently, he's made of like Rizzler paper, so we don't even know if he's going to be fit. We've got mm. Julian Lescott. God knows what he's been doing apart from tweeting pictures of a car from <laughs> his pocket. Um, and Brian Oviedo, actually, I think he might be all right. I yeah. think he's probably uh, a good replacement for Van Amelt. Um, I've I can't say I've watched much of him, but I remember when uh, Everton run the Martinez. He was mm. he was very good, and I think he only dropped the team because he uh, broke a leg or something like that. Yes, um, yeah. so that that one's that one's a bit positive, but yeah, overall uh, rubbish. Oh, you you sound more miserable than you did last week, mate. <laughs> if that's oh. possible. Um, uh, you buoyed by last night's performance, though. Yeah, yeah, actually, um, it was it was a nice change because I thought I thought we were going to get another stuff in. Um, but it showed how because we had Lamine Kone and uh, Didier and Dong were both back last night, and the difference of having having those two back in the team it was just uh, miles different from what we've had for the rest of the month. Uh, having Kone alongside John O'Shea is much much better than having Jim Abadji alongside him. And also last night we played um, a five-three-two uh, with. Um, Kone, O'Shea, and Denier as three centre half, and then 
uh, Billy Jones and uh, Mankio as like like fullback slash wingbacks. Obviously, it was more mm. fullbacks last night because we were defending against quite a good Tottenham team. So I assume, obviously, I assume that Mankio will probably be dropped and Oviedo will come in on Saturday. But I expect that's what's gonna the formation we're gonna play again on on Saturday. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting because it would. Um... The last two games now we've uh, switched to a... It's kind of been a bit of an argument. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Argument on the whole radio as to what it is, whether it's a 3-5-2, a 5-3-2, a 5-2-2-1 kind of. But it's definitely a bit of a fluidity in there. So it would, it will probably match up against us. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. how, um, which fullbacks, I guess, will be the key ones that get the better of the other fullbacks down the flanks. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously we had Patrick Van Arnholt's, um first performance last night. It was um, rel- relatively solid. Um I see what you mean defensively when we was talking last week. He's he definitely gets out of position a bit, but I think he's he's got decent pace so he can kind of make it up if if that makes sense. Yeah. But um with with three at the back though, it is there's you know, there's more margin for error for him in that sense because he's always got a, a centre-back sort of covering his area as well. So it might work for him a little bit better in this formation. But he was, I liked his endeavour, but like you say, I do, I, I have slight worries defensively. <laughs> um, going, back to, <laughs> yeah. going back to last night's game, uh, Jack Rodwell's tackle was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Uh, there's been a lot of... A lot of Tottenham fans frothing about it today. Cause I think it's a bit like, a uh, huge overreaction. It's a huge overreaction. Well, not, I think it's a bit rich coming from Tottenham when they just decided the last game is well, towards the end of last season. They just thought we'll just go flying in on Chelsea all game. <laughs> yeah. So, so then, uh, then to say something about the one challenge, uh, mm. it's a bit rich. Um, what was quite interesting. Uh, is that challenge went in and it turned the whole game not ter- not turned the game in a sense but it kind of buoyed the the crowd at Sunderland because mm. what we're like nothing more because we don't score often is someone getting absolutely crunched and mm. we just <laughs> we've always loved that and it was I think it was a bit of a reckless challenge and if he got sent off we wouldn't be having this conversation and he, we would he'd carry on being vilified at Sunderland. But it showed it showed that he's he's, deter, he's determined, I don't know. He's, he's not very mm. good, but he's like, at least he's willing to do something stupid in a game to help us with, and stop an attack. So, mm. is that, but yeah, it's a bit of it. Well, this is what football is nowadays. We always, we always have to get angry about something quite trivial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's probably, it's probably, yeah, it's nothing worse that you see in the lower league, like every week people are getting kicked up in the air. It's just I don't know. It's yeah, but I mean, 
I think it was last season. It was a similar sort of thing, you know, the players breaking away, and it's effectively just a professional foul. And um, oh, yeah. Scott Scott Dan did it to Aguero, and Man City fans, it was like they were going to come and you know hire hire out assassins to take out Scott Dan. It was so ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. and because Aguero rolled around 15 times and then got stretched off, but he played that next game. It was just like there's there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's exactly. it's, it's com- complete overreaction. So, um, are you making a trip down to London on Saturday? Uh, yeah, certainly am. It's the, it's the birthday weekend, so. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, how do, how do you think the game's going to go? Um, <laughs> well, uh, before last night, I would have said you'd probably just walk all over us, and you might still do that. Um, but if we play... If we have that defensive solidity that we had last night, then we'll probably give you a game because Tottenham didn't give us Tottenham give us one or two chances that we really should have buried. Um, but I say one or two, it was one or two. Well, I think Palace will probably give us a bit more. And if Moyes has got anything about him, he'll say target Van Aanholt all game because if you have someone, it's going to work both ways. It's like Allardyce really knows how we play. And we really know how Van Aanholt plays. Mm. So if we kind of, if it, if it all comes down his side, which, I mean, this is a very hypothetical because I don't think uh, David Moyes is that clever or has any form of tactical <laughs> mouth. If we put it all down the right side, then we might catch him out of position, which he's very liable to do. And you never know. Um, if mm. someone like if Barini turns up or we double up with Barini and Jones on the right hand side, he might have a bit of trouble. Um, but I'm expecting it's, I'm expect, I'd take a draw like mm. if we can get out of it with a draw um, that would be quite pleasing um, but I'm never confident watching Sunderland anymore so I don't mm. know we could be we could be 2-0 down within 15 minutes that's how it usually goes <laughs> when we're on the road at the moment yeah. Well, you said last time you was on talking about you think because you've won your last two games at Sellers, but you think that you put that both down to because it was against Pardew. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think um, especially especially last night. I think for the first time we've seen Allardyce as actually you know it's an Allardyce team that came out. He's put his he's put his stamp down. I think, and um, I'm hoping that tactically he'll. Um, He'll be able to do it against, um, you know, it's because we ha- we have struggled against struggling sides recently, and it's. Um, I, d- I don't think I think the game's going to be very tight. Um, we in our predictions, I've I've gone for a draw in the game. I think it'll be a very very tight, even maybe as tight as nil nil, because I think mm-hmm. um, with both both teams playing five at the back, it could be a a, 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 a sort of a war of nutri- a war of attrition, as, as they say, yeah. to try and get get something. But um, yeah, but I look forward to it. Um, you know, got another six pointer. Get some passion. Hopefully, Rodwell and uh, James McCarthy start kicking lumps out of each other, and we can all <laughs> get very shouty. You'll cry about it on Twitter. You'll <laughs> we'll cry about it on Twitter after the game. Okay. Well, look, anyway, thank you so much for joining us, mate, and um, good luck with your birthday weekend. Uh, don't do anything I want to do down in Croydon. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Right. Thanks, pal. Speak to you soon. Nice in a bit. Bye. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Okay, so now it's time to get some predictions. As always, we'll start with the listeners. And as I alluded to earlier in the show, it's a very positive bunch this week. Sam Winter has gone 2-1 Palace. Ben Teke and Van Arnholt have scored a Palace goals, which has made Defoe bagging for Sunderland. Jamie Ward has gone 3-1 for Palace. Sean Perry goes a 3-0 to Palace with Ben Teke and Van Arnholt. Lethal Loic says another 2-0 win. Ben Teke and Patrick Van Arnholt. Very popular Patrick Van Arnholt scoring. Could you imagine everyone saying Dean Moxie would score every week? <laughs> uh, Tony Stewart's gone for a 2-0 Palace win with Dan and an own goal. Specific. Darren Powell has gone Wilf double. Ben Teke header. More scenes and out of the bottom three. And Suzanne has said 3-1 to Palace. So all very, very positive there. Nick, are you sharing that positivity? Come to me last. There's come a to you last. Come to right yourself then. and do Patrick. Come to me last. Go on then, Patrick. Well, I'm looking at the Sunderland's last few results. They haven't scored a goal in the last three. And um, they've just, they're basically struggling. Obviously, we're not pulling up trees. We did win yesterday. 
Um, they had a good result. I think Spurs 0-0 was a good result for them. Um, I'm not overly optimistic with our home form. So I would just go... I'll go 1-0 Palace. Go by Wolf Saha. Yeah, I think it's going to be very, very tight. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be... I think it'll be a really, really tight game. Yeah. And um, so so tight, I'm going to say 0-0. I think it will finish... I think it will finish 0-0. Um, and we'll have to be hoping that other results sort of fall our way on that day to sort of keep in touch. Because, uh, I mean, at one point last night, it was looking very, very bleak when the game was still 0-0 and we were... I think four points stuck in the relegation zone. So, and I think Sunderland will come down. They're set up to defend, and you know, using our three-five-two whatever formation, uh, we might have a struggle to break them down. But we'll see how it goes, and hopefully, Allardyce will be able to pull it out of the bag. Um, and all right, we've saved you for last, Nick. Wow, us. <sighs> Ready? Okay, you're going to think that I've had that pint of wine. That's going to set up to defend is what you just said. Uh, we've just taken one of their best defenders out of their team. We are well overdue giving somebody a tonkin. We have the team, we have the firepower now to give somebody a tonkin. On the back of yesterday's result, on the fact that the ground will be rocking, on the fact that we've got these new players in. Are you ready for this? You heard it here first. 4-0 Palace. 4-0 Palace. Wow. Well, you you were on the show when we, um, on the Man City FA Cup preview show, and we spoke to our Sunderland fan, and he, he told us that Patrick van Arnholt was one of their worst defenders. <laughs> yes, I remember him. So, exactly. <laughs> so, if anything, we might have shored him up a little bit more at the back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, but if 4-0, if, if you're going 4-0, give me some scorers. Well, it's, one's going to be Benteke. Uh, I think one, I think Zaha will get two, and possibly... Kabai free kick. <laughs> One of those is certainly long overdue, a Kabai wow. free kick. Um, a couple of seasons ago when we uh, we won 4 1 up at Sunderland, I, I had a bet on Crystal Palace to win 4 0 in that one. And, um, <laughs> and when it was 0 0 at half time, before the game, my, my um, girlfriend, now fiance, had come to the game and she was like, oh, I want to put a bet on. And I was like, okay. And I think she she went for a nil-nil. She bet on nil-nil. And she was winding me up, up at half-time saying, oh, look, my <laughs> bet's looking much better than yours. And then at the start of the second half, we went bang, 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 4-0. And it looked like we were going to win five or six. So I cashed out and <laughs> earned a pretty little sum of money. Good so so yeah. I'll whack 4-0 on this weekend as well. And um, Did if, you? If it, if, no, I will. If it, and if it wins, Nick, I'll buy you a drink. We're going to go for a bit. And, and I have some other... And there is some other the news don't forget i don't know if either of you missed this but if luca does play on saturday have you noticed we have a new penalty taker is he is he a penalty yeah. taker go on to youtube look at his clips he's also a penalty taker he won't hmm. he won't take hours though well so, actually somebody else said that to me will he actually have the balls to yeah. step straight into the team it'll, it'll start be taking the he looks quite hard though doesn't he luca yeah he does uh, doesn't uh, he I mean, saying that, so did Ben Tege. Did you see Ben Tege's face last yeah. night after scoring a goal? Was like, he looked very scary. I was, so I'd uh, like to see them two having an argument on the penalty spot. <laughs> but but though, that Luca guy, I saw the, I was watching the clips and I, and I was I was sitting at home. I was quite safe, but I was scared. He was scary. <laughs> <laughs> he was scary. You know I mean? and if you imagine facing that bloke, oh, he's going to be Sacco, he's going to be fans. Yeah, absolutely, and Sacco as well. Right. Okay. Then. So we'll we'll go into a little break. Um. I'll I'll watch those YouTube videos that you're talking about, <laughs> and then um we're gonna remember some classic six six pointers from Palace's past. Um, we're gonna touch on a few, and then um we'll see if you guys have any you can remember that you'd like to talk about. Into the second half, Morrison down the left, looks up, sees what's on. That's exactly what they've done. They've created the one or two opportunities that they needed and they haven't been able to finish two guy with that scramble in the 18-yard box. And then also there, just another opportunity. Here's Scannell. Ambrose! Goal! Darren Ambrose for Crystal Palace and that may do it because Sheffield Wednesday have it all to do again. It's his 20th goal of the season. He's been the star of their show this season. And- 
and he just might have kept Crystal Palace in the championship. Darren Ambrose. Right, so after watching those videos in the break, um, I'm very excited. I'm assuming that he's going <laughs> to score a hat-trick every week. One from the spot, one from a free kick, and one just dirty shot from range in off the underside of the bar. Because according, according to YouTube, that's all he does. Exactly. <laughs> but no, um, yes, yeah, very, very exciting. But in saying that, I think um, the last time I based a YouTube video on and stopped doing that was Andy Dorman. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he also looked the same. He looked like he was... the you know the messiah at St Mirren <laughs> and, uh, we all know how that turned out so yeah so with this um, coming weekend being a huge six pointer in the Premier League uh, I thought we'd look back on a few six pointers from the past I've obviously picked out some bad ones for you guys seeing that um, neither of well obviously Patrick we, we can let you off although you must have had some you must have had some big six pointers or four pointers as they would have been in your day Patrick when you when you were down at Sellers in the 70s definitely Any... I'm trying to, you know what we got promoted in 77 78 wait hold on was that the year we got went from division no, 78 79 wasn't it no the, the year we went up from division 3 division 2 yeah, the, yeah 76 77 maybe 76 77 yeah, so there were a bunch of <laughs> some really there was some. I mean, remember back then we were, we were always in the same division with Brighton, yeah. Charlton, mostly Millwall. So there were there were quite a few. I can't I can't think of any top of my head, but there were some really there were some big time matches back then when we played. You know, some some tough teams. So yeah, there were, I mean, we were always or back then. Pass always either getting relegated, or getting promoted, which was always fun. So <laughs> it's always fun the yo yo, the yo yo. Um, well, the first one that immediately sprung to mind for me was the um, the sort of. A little bit of a forgotten game, I guess, for some fans, being the the, the four two win at Portsmouth in on the Wednesday before we went to Stockport and needed to win there, and um, huge, oh, huge Palace travelling support went down there, and it was, um, we, you know, we hadn't won away for months and months on end, and we needed to go into our last two away games and win them both really to have any sort of chance of staying up, and uh, Portsmouth were ahead just three points ahead of us on 46 we were on 43 so any sort of loss and we were down and yeah. um you know Mikel Forsell he hadn't scored a goal for three months and he manages to score just like just before 20 minutes Aki Realati's two finished players then scores a header and it's like everyone's in absolute dreamland behind the goal we were behind the goal at the other end of the pitch and um it was a bit of a shame, really, because it was a day when the Palace fans were really loud, but it was an open top terrace, so you sort of lose all the sound out of it. Um, I think they've, they've they got a roof on Fratton Park now. I think they've put a roof on the away end down there now, so it's been a it's a little bit better there now. But then um, <laughs> Alex Kalinko, uh, right on the stroke of half time, simple routine cross at the back post, come out, caught it sort of managed to knock it out of his hands with his head, I think, and it sort of just <laughs> bounced on the ground and dribbled over the goal line after a touch from, um, I think it was Lee Lee Mills. Yeah, there you go, Lee Mills. But then Freeman went straight down the other end and scored. I don't know how the Palace fans stayed in the stand. Like, I was, I was expecting a pitch invasion. I guess we all knew that we should um, not get the game abandoned. Um, and then Freeman, just after half-time, 51st minute, headed us 4-1 in front and... They got a late consolation, but it meant when we went to Stockport, give ourselves a chance. So if you look at looking at the um, Paddis lineup: Kalinko, Smith, Wayne Carlisle, Dean Austin, Greg Bahalter, Hayden Mullins, Dougie Freeman, Aki Realite, Clinton Morrison, Mikel Forsell, and Steve Thompson. So um, not surprised that we were struggling with some of those names in there. Wayne, Wayne Carlisle, Wayne, Wayne Carlisle's uh, definitely up there with Wayne Kelly in uh, uh, Martin Kelly. Sorry, in terms of left backs, that's for sure. Um, Picking out a few names from the uh, Portsmouth team. What Jamie Vincent, Limvoy Primus, P Portsmouth legend, Lee Bradbury, who of course played for Palace, and Lee Palace. Sharp. Yeah. Oh, Lee my, oh Sharp. my God. After he left Man United, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. After he scored against us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Lee Sharp, yeah. wow. Yeah, so you, um, despite going to almost every game in the 70s and 80s, you weren't there, were you, Nick? 
in those days, I, I just can feel this coming on, Patrick. I'm just, I'm just going to run with it, okay? Um, in those days, I had a, a completely different career path, and I used to work weekends. So to get to any away games was difficult. To get to some of the home games is tough, but to get mm. to some of the away games is hard. I mean, but what that game, I remember that. I do remember that game very well, though. Came off the back of the uh, game at Wolves. We had to win both those games, and then it set it up for you guys. Did you go to the Stockport game after that? Yeah, of course. I mean, just what a day that must have been. But well, both of those, the Pompey one and the Stockport one, what a game. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, working weekends for a Wednesday night game is really tough. So, um, oh, was it? Well done. Well done. <laughs> 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 no, but yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, an, it really was an incredible night. And um, yeah, one that long lives in the memory for me, certainly, if, if not everyone. Um, another one that, Swung to mind um, was the <laughs> two thousand four five. Obviously, the the two two draw against Southampton. Um, you know, I think it was the thirty sixth game of the season. But it was kind of the day where we kind of relegated each other. Really, um, Fitzall gave us the lead. Peter Crouch then scored a penalty. Um, second half, Sorondo and Peter Crouch got into a bit of a fracas and got themselves both sent off. And then Nicola Ventola came on and scored his only goal as a Paddy's player, came in much promise, but didn't really do much, but almost wrote himself into folklore. But Danny Higginbottom, uh, 90th minute, sliding it in at the back post, it was oh, it was horrible. Um, Patrick, you was, you would have been able to see that. Would see those ones back then with Premier League football on TV in America? Yeah, they, no, they weren't putting it on live like they do now, but I, I definitely saw the highlights that same weekend. They put it on like a Sunday night show. But I remember listening to I told you, I, li- I would listen to games on the um, on my shortwave radio. So I remember that game was actually the game that was featured. And all I remember is that Ventilla came on and the minute he scored like eight minutes after he came on, it was like amazing. Yeah. You know, I remember him as a player in Italy because like, over here, actually, you get a lot more Italian football back then than you did English football. So you can see Inter Milan play, see Milan, Napoli, Juventus, etc. So I saw him play. So I'm like, I was like, wow, well, you know, what great play we got him. Then I realized he hardly ever played for us, you know. And um, just that game was a back and forth. And when we took the lead, I was like, yeah, we might actually do this. And then to give the goal like that at the end of, you know, 90th minute, whatever it was, but I was like, that is so typical Palace. And I was so, I was so gut wrenched, you know, listening to the game. I was like, we have a chance, and all of a sudden. Snatch away from us, and that whole season was kind of like that. Cause we could, there were so many matches that season. I remember we were we were ahead. We threw a point to teams we, we should have beaten. And I've watched that DVD. My son is a big Palace fan now, and that was one of the years he watches over and over again. And we had so many chances that season to to get a point here, a point there, where they kept us up, and we just didn't do it. And it was so disappointing to you know to go down in the way we went we went down that year. Yeah, it certainly was. I mean, it was the day. I just remember it being very colourful. Palace fans everywhere, and it was. Oh, it was just Ugh. everything seemed to go so right. The final point on the, um, <laughs> the the Crystal Palace Southampton game. Anyone remember who put the cross in for Higginbottom? Yeah. Super yeah. Kevin Phillips. Super Kevin Phillips. Bloody <laughs> <Like the> idiot. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> well, I suppose he repaid us with a promotion later on. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so pick, uh, picking a few names out of those teams, Gabel Cryer, Sorondo, Granville, Popovich, who Ventolo came on for, Fitzhall, Leisurewood, Routledge, Akirilati, Ben Watson came on for him, Andy Johnson, Tom Soares and Michael Hughes. Let's pick a few out of the Southampton lineup. Jamie Redknapp, <laughs> Oliver Bernard, do you remember him? God, he was awful. Lars <laughs> Lundok Varm, Rory Delap, Mr. Long Throw himself. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Peter Crouch, we've already mentioned, and... Graham Lasso um, in the twilight of his career oh, there yeah, as well. Lasso, yeah. mm. who, who was the referee? Who was the referee? It wasn't Mark Clattenburg, was it? Uh, Howard Webb. Almost about. I mean, my, I think I think 2004-5 might have been Clattenburg's first season in the Premier League. Really? Um, oh, okay. Yeah. If I remember rightly, look, you can see pictures been looking very, very young around that time. And then last... Um, I don't know. Do you call? Do we call Hillsborough uh, a six-pointer? Because it really wasn't a six-pointer, was it? I guess it's kind of like a six-pointer, <laughs> but it was definitely a winner. Winner it was takes a winner, all. Winner scenario. takes all. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I don't think we really need to talk at any length on this game. I think it's still fresh enough in everyone's minds to remember what an incredible day that was. Um, what was it? What, what was it like? Um, Watching it on TV, Nick. Uh, Nick. one because I did actually. 
William, just edit out, okay? Ignore him. Okay, I'm going to just carry on because it was <laughs> it was phenomenal. I mean, I was actually we actually did get out of work for it. Came home, had a beer with some mates, okay? And we just couldn't believe what we were watching. It was just it was it must it was nerve jangling for us. God knows what it was like for you guys out mm. there. It must have been fantastic. Yeah, I meant like when uh, Darren Perth scored all the way up to the point that Perth scored to make it 2-2, I was I was so confident, so in control of my emotions and felt really great. It was like we've done this, this is this is simple. As soon as he scored, my my stomach just fell out through my bottom. <laughs> I just had not like my stomach was doing cartwheels, flips and everything and I was just an absolute nervous wreck for that about Did the Stern ten John, minutes that followed. Stern John was playing for us and I, I... Should have squared it or scored. How long did he play for us for? It couldn't have been that long. No, it was just that from that January, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, no. So he did sign for us in the summer and then um, he picked Something up, I think he got injured in yeah, like his second hurt. or third game. I think he'd done yeah. his... Did he do a collarbone or something? He'd done something weird, and, and then it. he and then I think we shipped him out on loan to Ipswich when he come back, and then um, he returned sort of around I want to say March time, and then he scored a couple of important goals for us in there, and um, I remember one away at Derby. Um, he scored. Did he score? No, he scored in that. Did he score in that three-one Watford game as well? That famous one, and then. Um, and then in the summer, he sort of just disappeared back off to the Caribbean and never came back. <laughs> the other, Which, uh, a couple of other interesting ones on that was Butterfield was obviously come to you. Mm. Ambrose at the peak of his powers when he was with us mm. at, that, at that point. Uh, but the other one that never really did it and went, went on to big things was Sean Scannell. Went on to big things? No, he didn't go on to big things. <laughs> no, that's the whole what point. Is... He, he, did, he did okay. He was a good championship player, but he never, he never really cracked it in... Uh, Upper, upper end of it, did he? Yeah, I I he was always a little bit one-dimensional, Sean Scannell, and his end product was appalling, to be kind. Uh, but I think he's, he's been um, he's been at Huddersfield the whole time since he's mm. left, hasn't he? So, and um, dived for a penalty in front of the homes there when he came back with Huddersfield that year. Um, bless him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. I look at that team and compare it to sort of the team that was there at the end of Pardew's era and it's just a team full of leaders there like Paddy McCarthy, Sean Derry, Clint Hill, Matt Lawrence, you know, Alan Lee, these are all people just leaders and men on the field. <laughs> it's, it's quite the stark contrast to now. Miss that um, Calvin Andrew. Calvin Andrew <laughs> kicking Lee Grant's head off oh, in, no. in that game. <laughs> I saw it. Fourteenth minute. He nearly killed him. He nearly killed yeah, him. Nearly killed him, no. <laughs> But I still, that day, I still put down to our success that day, Leon Clark kicking the advertising holding and um, breaking his Lim toe and not being off, able to yeah. play on. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot, that was great. He was so good that he was so good that day. He was having ah, a really good game and. Stormer, yep. Well, there you go. So, um, you know, there's obviously going to be some six pointers here. We haven't talked about it. You're going to be screaming at us. The older fans, I guess, will remember the original Hillsborough, 1983. Uh, we beat Burnley 1-0 at Sellers on the last game of the season where it was the, exactly the same scenario as Hillsborough and we stayed up, but I guess not many people remember that because that was under um, Mr Mullery's time. I, I guess you would have actually been at that one, Nick, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, there you go. You but that was, one that, that was actually a big attendance, that game. It was the only game that season that got a decent attendance at Sellers. And what, so, what size was that? Um, I think it was approaching 20,000. Okay. Yeah, well, could you, like you were talking about on the last preview show, you're talking about there being a thousand people in the homes for yeah. the time Patrick, that Mallory was there. Patrick will remember it. Yeah, you know, it, it literally was one man and his dog, and mm. it was <laughs> and it's, it was quite. And you look at the ground now; it's just one. You talk about six pointers. Just, just I, I assume we're wrapping this up now, but I think yeah. we've got another three or four of them. History making six pointers coming up right now, don't you? Yeah, we certainly do. We'll start with this weekend. Um, this one is probably comparable to Norwich last season. Very, very important one. But um, yeah, so I don't know if you if you've got any six pointers that we haven't touched on, tweet them at us at Whole Radio. And um, when we have our next six pointer, we'll look at some more later in the season. Homestyle Radio Preview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football.
Right, that's it. Almost as quick as it's begun, it's over. Um, thanks to Walshy from the Roker Report for joining us. And um, obviously thanks to Billiam for producing, doing a sterling job, sir. Um, the Sunday Review Show will be live on Sunday night from 8pm, wholeradio.net and facebook.com forward slash whole radio are your outlets to listen live if you can't listen live the podcast as always will be up from about 10 p.m on sunday night i don't think this week's lineup's been decided yet but whoever will be on it will be a blast for sure as for the preview pod next week we will be back in your ears on wednesday evening to build you up to everything stoke city related um so all that's left to say is thank you to the two old codgers patrick and nick thank you guys we're both asleep now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So, but are, you, are you there? still there, Patrick? No, he has nodded off. <laughs> he, he, he actually has nodded off, yeah. He's, 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 he's in his little, um, nice little armchair. He's got a nice um, blanket wrapped around him. He's Just got, finished he's got his hot, cocoa. <laughs> hot, hot water bottle. And it's, and it's only like 4pm out there. So, um, <laughs> oh, bless him. He he's not even online. We can't even hear us saying it anymore. So, um, but thank you, Patrick, for jumping in last minute. That's very much appreciated, sir. So all we'll to say is until next week, up the palace. Homestyle Radio, preview podcast. Sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.